and welcome to Trashlight. I am one of your hosts, Colleen. And I am your other host, Rebecca, and here on Trashlight, we talk about the good, the bad, and the culturally relevant from the works of Stephanie Meyer. This week, we are talking about chapter 29 of The Host. It is called Betrayed. It picks up right after the end of chapter 28 with Jared insisting that he needs to talk to Wanderer alone. Ian gives him some grief about that, and then Wanderer tells Ian that it's okay. She'll have this conversation alone with Jared. So Ian leaves. They have a conversation. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. There is... A lot happens. We'll put in the content warnings when we need to, but suffice it to say, there's going to be a ton of them this episode. So just, like, generally be on the lookout for, like, abusive behavior, assault, consent... Abusive relationships generally, like I said, there are almost certainly specific spots in this episode where we will put in timestamps, but for the entire, the whole chapter is this conversation and the way that it ends badly. So if- And the whole conversation sucks. Yeah. And so if hearing about that kind of thing is not good for you today or ever, I'd skip this one. Like that's all we're going to be talking about, unfortunately. If you are going to skip this one, the only thing that you will miss is that Jared comes to the conclusion that Melanie is still in there. Yes. That's the on- truly the only thing you're going to miss. So if you don't want to listen to us really dig into all of this, that's spoiler alert, I guess, but like we're going to talk about it. So you'll be spoiled in 10 minutes anyway. Yeah. So on that, uh, let's, let's, uh, woof, let's, okay. let's dig into it. Yeah. So my first note is that when we talked about at the end of last episode about how Jared had his like, here's Johnny routine going on. Yeah. Um, But then at the very beginning of this chapter, the description of his physicality is just like a man who is exhausted. Like the description of his physicality and the description, because I went back to chapter 28 to make sure that Rebecca and I didn't like ascribe tone to him but we didn't like it literally says in the text his voice hard and mocking and then like we see him and it's just like this defeated tired man which is such a huge disconnect from the like come out come out wherever you are like murder hobo vibes from the end of the last chapter it was very weird yes yeah which i mean at the end of the day is simply bad writing because what she wanted at the end of last chapter was a cliffhanger Mm -hmm. um in which to get people to turn, keep turning the pages, keep having this like, oh my god, I need to know what happens hype. But she didn't want Jared to continue to be a murder hobo. She just made him worse. So that's how you have this truly immediate shift in his demeanor from come out, come out wherever you are to I'm just so tired. Yeah, it's it's annoying. The, the, the first bit of this chapter is mostly Ian continuing to be the best character. Oh, yeah, hands down. Yeah, he really, really just wants Jared to fucking go away. And unfortunately, Wanderer and Melanie are not on board with the like, this is a bad idea and you shouldn't have this conversation. Because it's a bad idea and they shouldn't have this conversation. And they shouldn't have this conversation. No. And they shouldn't have this conversation alone, particularly. We'll no. circle back to this idea. But as of yet, Ian is the only one who is continually putting, and I don't remember if I've said this before, Wanderer's safety first. Yes. And I say that Wanderer included. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that's like props to him. We we respect 
one man. <laughs> we respect a single man, and it's Ian. Rights for one man. <laughs> just this one. Yes, just the one. Do you have anything else to say about the part of this chapter prior to Ian leaving? Because my next stuff is all about just when it's just the two of them. Um, the only other note that I have is that even though this is... Jared is tired, Jared is painted as this exhausted, semi-defeated man. He is still being actively malicious. Uh, yes. The Wanderer in particular. Like, his tone is not like, hey, I'm gonna murder you, but it's still, I hate you, Wanderer in particular, I will not refer to you by any pronouns other than it, I will not use your name. And... Go fuck yourself. Yeah, that actually dovetails perfectly into my next point, which is that Jared is so classically abusive in ways that, like, and, and I don't know how to say this without people being like, didn't you guys spend two and a half years on a podcast saying that what I'm about to say isn't true? And yes, but stick with me through the whole thing. Um, <laughs> Edward and Jacob both sucked, and they were both abusive. And so I want to just start there. We covered yeah. that ground extremely thoroughly. They were both terrible. They were both abusive in their own ways. However, the ways in which they were abusive and the time at the time in which those books came out meant that a lot of Edward and Jacob's behaviors were much more culturally acceptable at that time. Mm -hmm. um, still abuse, still bad, but like there was definitely gray area to be the like, oh, he's crazy and love with her or like, oh, we didn't like... Not everyone was hip to the fact that, like, surprise kisses are assault in 2005, which, like, they've always been assault, but that's fair. That wasn't really part of the cultural conversation I mean, in the mid-2000s. not everyone in 2022 is hip to the fact that surprise kisses are assault. Exactly. So while they are abusive, they're not, like, there's not a picture of them in the Psychology 101 textbook next to, like, domestic violence or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, Jared, there is. Like, his picture's right there. Mm -hmm. Like... Everything he does is so classically, like, that's why I use the word classically abusive. Like, if you Wikipedia domestic violence, it's like every single thing that Jared's done, which is crazy, A, because this book came out slightly later than, I mean, it came out in the middle of some of the Twilight books, but like, yeah. it's not the earliest book that Stephanie Meyer wrote. And B, because like, we're supposed to like him somehow. There's nothing here for us to like, and there's no hiding behind a screen of like, well, he's just doing this because he loves her or he's a teenager. He didn't know any better, which were like, again, I don't agree with those smoke screens, but they certainly existed for Edward and for particularly, I would say, for Jacob Yeah, in the Twilight books. If someone could find the smoke screen that exists to help Jared, like, God, tell me the one thing I can think of is like, Oh, well, like, she's an alien who possessed his true love. Like, that would make anyone upset. Like, yes, but it wouldn't make them a vindictive, like, horrible person. It would make them upset. Again, and that's... To quote Brooklyn Nine-Nine, cool motive, still murder. Still murder. Yeah. Like, and also you can be upset about something and not be just an abysmal monster to be around. Yeah. You one has to one has to assume that Jeb was also pretty upset to realize that his niece was now a brain slug. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Jamie? Jeb has been delightful to Wanda. Well, delightful's maybe a stretch. Jeb has been fascinating to Wanda this whole time. Jamie's been delightful. Yeah, and ja like again, Jamie was very upset. You can be upset and not be a monster, and. Yeah. 
I like it's so explicit and it's so explicit in this chapter the way that Jared talks down to her and is gruff with her and the way that Wanderer flinches away and doesn't want to be near him and won't engage with him because she's so scared of saying something wrong and him hurting her is just like hard to read and impossible to justify like it just makes you want to drop kick him off a cliff if you didn't want to already and I think what makes this even harder to read is that while Wanderer does canonically say in the text, I'm not afraid of him, I just don't want him any closer to me. Like, sure, Jen, you're terrified. Um, yeah. Melanie actively wants to crawl into his lap. Like, none of this has sunk in at all for Melanie. So inside of poor Wanderer's head, she has herself, who she is trying to... I uh, Protect is hard, because she's in love with Jared poorly. He's abusing her, and that gets incredibly complicated. Um, and she has Melanie in there, who's also in love with Jared, but is not afraid of him at all, which gets even harder. Yeah, and the only... We hear from Melanie twice in a big way in this chapter, other than the flashback, which there is a flashback we'll talk about. Yeah. The yeah. first way we hear from Melanie is like, we finally devolved into catty bitchiness. Like, long, do I long for the days where Rebecca and I were like, hey, Melanie figured out that Wander is in love with Jared, but, like, they're not being catty about it. Like, what a nice choice that Stephanie Meyer made. Yeah. Stephanie Meyer's done making that choice. Melanie is being catty. That choice is gone now. Yeah. Yeah. And the second big uh, impetus we see for Melanie is at the end of the chapter when Jared surprise kisses Wanderer, Melanie punches him in the face. Which... Yes. I hate her reason, and we'll get there when we get there. I hate her reasoning for it. I love that she did it. Yes, I mean, it's very a la Bella and Jacob in Eclipse. Yes. But, and like I said, we'll get there when we get there, but just to, like, the fact that Melanie only comes up in present in these two moments is, like, further fuel to our prediction that, like, Melanie is now only a character, and I use character extremely loosely, when Jared is around and a part of the narrative. Well, because Melanie only exists to further her and Jared's relationship. At this point, yeah. Yeah. Which sucks. Like... Because she was a character. She used to be. Yeah, she did. We could have had it all. (sighs) (sighs) Yeah, yeah. But no, Jared is absolutely the worst in this chapter. And Wanderer is terrified of him and cannot reconcile her fear with her attraction I guess with her love for him yeah like those are those are mental leaps that she has not made and I don't well I think Wander is making some bad choices I don't necessarily begrudge her that because like that is no oh that's so complicated it's extremely complicated. It's, like, an unfortunately an all-too-common situation that people who are, like, in abusive relationships of any kind, like, find themselves in of, like, hold on. Like, I have this empirical data that this person is not good for me, that they're hurting me, that they're not being kind to me, and yet, like, that doesn't erase all of the other feelings, all of the other history that we have. So I don't, like, I don't know. I can understand yeah. why Wanderer is just kind of paralyzed by the war waging in her own mind yeah and i think there is such a a visceral component to both emotions 
fear and love. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's very, very interesting. I mean, Stephanie Meyer doesn't really dig into either of those at all. For example, I um, ran into, I saw, I guess, a doppelganger of a guy who looked like an ex of mine from literal years ago. And I was so rattled by that that I had to go and look up that he was still getting his PhD out east. Like, that's how visceral my reaction to just seeing this guy was. No, no rationality behind it. But both of these emotions, there's so much of it is physical too. Yeah, absolutely. And to have all of that in one, and Wanderer keeps bringing this up, how she is, at least to this body, so young. Yeah. And dealing with a lot of stuff that she doesn't have, oh God, what's, context, context for. Yeah, and she has, she has no emotional background. Yeah, like with the emotions or with just like Jared and Jamie, like we do get a flashback in this chapter and this might be a good time to talk about it to kind of palate cleanse from the like everything else. (laughs) So we get this flashback of them hanging out in a brain slug house. Um, Them, Jared, Jamie, and Melanie. The stupid thing that we learned from this flashback is that uh, sports are now all super polite and everyone gets a participation trophy for winning. Like, the Olympics are bad now because everyone gets a medal. So I wrote in all caps, millennials and their damn participation trophies. I didn't think that it started so early, but I guess it must have. Yeah, I guess this book came out in 2008. Uh, Either 08 or 2010. Let me Google it quickly one second. But I think the more interesting thing about that is that this is the first thing that Stephanie Meyer has written about the brain slugs that it seems like Stephanie Meyer doesn't agree with. Yes. Because we've talked about how it seems like Stephanie Meyer is firmly team brain slug, that, like, this is the utopia that she believes, but this is definitely making fun of, like, oh, well, what is your, like, what is sports entertainment in a pacifist society like? And it's, like, two basketball players politely discussing who gets the ball next and everyone who goes to the Olympics getting a medal, no matter what. Yep, yep. It came out in 08. Okay. So, which which is interesting that, like, we're now in the middle of this book starting to see Stephanie Meyer not be 100% team brain slugs. Yes. The other interesting detail for me that we get from this flashback is that there is, and this is well done, this is more shown than told, although I think it is then told in a sentence, that, um... Jamie and Jared are trying to watch this basketball game and Jared is like so frustrated that they're being god forbid that people be nice to each other. I don't I actually didn't super understand what was wrong with the basketball game. Like it seemed uh, like they were still yeah. playing to win. I don't know. And Jared said something like, "Ugh, like this is so boring." And Jamie in the exact same tone of voice was like, "I agree," which is evidence that at some point when all three of them were still together, like Jamie did used to idolize Jared. Yes. And that was, I think, a well-done showing of that, or the best-done showing of it so far. Yes, I 100% agree. So I liked that we got that detail from... That was my favorite detail that we got from this flashback, other than the damn participation trophies. Oh my god, yes. Um, Because those are... That's one of my notes. The participation trophies was one of my notes. My other note on this is that the other piece of tell don't show that we get is that melanie throughout this entire flashback is talking about how jared makes them feel safe Mm -hmm. but it's not shown at all 
what he does and how he does it in which to make them feel safe. She says that it's simply by being Jared. Ugh. He went to Jared. Um, <laughs> and that's that's what does it. That's what puts both her and Jamie at ease. And that's what makes them feel so very safe. But that doesn't, like, that's not enough. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Like, girl, you're just horny. But I wish that we had had more of a background. Because if we had, if she had substantiated somehow... Jared making Melanie feel safe. Melanie's reactions, particularly in this chapter in particular, I said particular so many times in that sentence, I'm so sorry, would make so much more sense. Because then we have evidence for why Melanie trusts him, for why Melanie is so much more likely to forgive his atrocious behavior towards both Wanderer and her body. Yeah, and I think I I completely agree. Like I wish we had seen something of that. Because if we if we zoom out a little bit and take this on like a demographic level, if you're a human on planet Earth with brain slugs, your look what you need to be safe is a place to retreat to where the brain slugs don't know where you are. That doesn't have to be the same place all the time, but you need to have a place like that. You need to be able to sneak supplies and you need to be undetected because there seems to, at this point, we have no evidence that the humans can fight the brain slugs and win. Like every human that's encountered them, it has been run. It has been go the other way. So mm-hmm. taking that from a demographic standpoint, a child and a track star are actually the perfect people to be hiding and like quickly stealing things and running away. Like a giant man in his late, in his early twenties, like is the opposite of all of that. A giant man who owns a Jeep. Like, yeah. A, how are they getting gas? That, like, puts them in so much more risk because you have to, like, roll up to gas stations that are usually, like, unless you're in the middle of fucking nowhere, there's usually people at gas stations. Yeah, and you have to, like, like, it doesn't... A big aggro dude is helpful if sometimes one brain slug discovers you and the smartest thing to do is to knock them out. That's never, ever what this book has been saying is the human strategy. In which case, like, his meat muscle is useless to them. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I get that the car helps because it widens the radius that they can run to. If they have gas. If they have gas, yeah. Because if, say, if they have an altercation with a brain slug, and they get seen and they have to punch out the brain slug. That brain slug, when it wakes up, and forgive what all media about being knocked out will tell you, you're usually not down for all that long. And if you're down for all that long, something is uh, horrifically wrong. I was about to say, isn't it like you're out for like less than a minute or you're in a coma and there's not like, like there's no one is out for like 20 minutes? Yeah, there's no middle ground, really. Yeah. You're like, you're either out for truly infinitesimal amounts of time or you're well and truly fucked. But um, they then go get the Seekers, and the Seekers then put out, like, an APB on you. And that's just how it happens. A car would potentially get you outside of whatever radius before they can find you. But again, I just... It's not as helpful as you think it is. And 
Jared and Melanie met doing exactly the same task. So it's not like we have seen Jared bring a specific skill set to the group that Melanie didn't already have. Also, one that Melanie was doing better than Jared was doing because she had already cleaned out the fucking house before he got there. Yeah, so it's not... It's very frustrating because even... And, and, let me, sorry, let me, let me restructure this. And even if this flashback had given us something shown that explained why Jared was good for them and made them both feel safe, the placement of it, like, we've already formed an opinion on Jared. Like, at this point, the reader has an opinion on Jared, and it's either, like, whatever it is. Even if you're like, oh, he's just, like, mad. Like, I don't care. Like, first of all, girl. And his anger is so romantic. Get your head checked, girl. Like. And maybe dump whoever you're seeing. Yeah. (laughs) Just for good measure, maybe we just get rid of whoever you're currently seeing. Maybe you Um, should be single for a little bit and also go to therapy. Yeah. But, like, this, we've known the character of Jared for too long for our opinion to be flopped on him. Like, it can be colored, it can, we can add dimension to it, we can change our minds on certain things, but, like, at this point, the character of Jared has been around for too long to add, like, core tenants to him you know what I mean yeah and so even like first of all this flashback did it badly and even if it had done it well it should have been way done way earlier yeah no hands down I wholeheartedly agree it's my thoughts on the Tom Holland Spider-Mans yeah sorry that was non sequitur but like he wasn't Peter Parker until the third movie and if you're gonna wait three movies to make him Peter Parker why the fuck are you doing it well I mean you can zoom out and be like, why have we made this many? When when Into the Spider-Verse yes. exists, why is anyone making a Spider-Man movie anymore? I wholeheartedly, once again, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Spider-Man for uh, poisoning my brain to reboot culture like 10 years ago. Because I remember when they like announced the Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, I was yeah. like, didn't we just fucking didn't make we, some Spider-Man we just movies? Had, we just had a Spider-Man. <laughs> so, and he was like, at least kind of decent. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, weren't those movies good? Like, I don't yeah. know. No, no shade to Andrew Garfield. Love him. But like, yeah. what? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, you know. And yet. And yet. I would rather talk about Spider-Man. But the end of this chapter is garbage and we have to talk about it. Yeah, because he keeps. And after, before, both before and after this flashback, Jared is very physical with her. Um, yes. The... I think the impression that they're trying to give is that Jared verbally is giving her the space in which to respond. He doesn't say much. He asks her, like, hey, Jeb, Jeb, um, Jeb. and Jamie think that Melanie's still in there with you. Um, I think that's bullshit, but, like, won't you tell me? And Wanderer understandably clams up and says, nothing. Don't talk to cops. Yeah, truly, yes. Um, A fucking cab. And so when she doesn't respond, he grabs her face and won't let her look away from him. For what I reason from the text is literal minutes. Yeah, the, like, the descriptions of the way that he touched her made me extremely uncomfortable. It was hard not to imagine yourself in a situation where someone much larger than you is, like, not hurting you, but, like, touching you and manipulating your body with enough determination that, like, the implication is if you don't follow these motions with your body, you are going to get hurt. Yes. Like, truly controlling your body. Yeah. 
So Melanie, or not Melanie, sorry, Melanie wants to talk to him. Wanderer says, you don't talk to cops. Yes. And doesn't While say anything. crying. She is crying. crying. But not talking to the cops, and we respect that. Yes. Um, oh my god. Oh no, I was about to say something so dark. Do I just say it in the this dark chapter anyway? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so a few weeks ago when we were doing the what happens if there's a school shooter meeting because oh, of, of my job, mm-hmm. um, there there's always some back and forth about like a code word or like what did we wait to hear on the walkie-talkies before we open the door for anyone because oh, like theoretically- we have panic buttons. You, well, you're a hospital. Yes. We don't have a panic button. <laughs> we're an elementary school. Yeah. Um, like, you know, someone could put a gun to the principal's head and make him say, like, all clear. So, like, do we need a word, like, a, a specific word that means we're actually clear so that if he was being forced to say... Anyway, all that to say, like, we, we've we cut down on a lot of the bullshit questions and basically our principal is like, you open the door when you hear the all clear or if it's the cops. And I kind of muttered under my breath, what if I don't want to open the door for the cops? <laughs> like, what if I don't want to let the cops in? And a couple of people around me were like, what? And I was like... I don't want to let the cops They've the been kids. so helpful historically. Like, what if I don't want to let the cops in? What if it's just... Anyway, so yeah. that was what I was thinking of. Sorry, that's also dark and terrible. So, uh. so Wander's not talking to the cops, and Jared decides to try an experiment to see oh. if he can find out if Melanie's in there. And he decides to just kiss Wander without her consent. Oh. And it's horrible it is i think one of the psychologically cruelest things that he's done yeah we can talk about the psychological implications of it we can talk about the physical horror of reading it we can talk about the weird way that stephanie meyer wrote that the body was like a third entity separate from melanie and wanderer which is like very weird which is also super strange yeah um, there's just, like, and all of this happens in, like, two paragraphs before Melanie decks him in the face, which, yep. again, love that. Good for her. Love that vibe. Yes. So I don't know where we want to start. <laughs> um, let's there. start by saying, I think, for the fir- the third time this chapter, that surprise kisses are assault. It's um, assault. It's assault. That's what he's done. And I do think that we need to add the aspect of not just physical assault, to wanderer but the psychological assault to wanderer because he is doing this like there's no way in hell jared doesn't know that wanderer has some sort of we'll call it attachment to be broad um yeah to jared jared knows that wanderer is attached to him in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. who knows why um, Jared certainly doesn't know why, because he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't think that Wanderer is a person. Um, he doesn't think that Wanderer is a being able to have emotions, internality, depth, or feelings. Period. Yeah. Um, and so without any sort of care or concern for a being in the body, he just fucks with her. hmm It's incredibly cruel and incredibly messed up. Yeah. It's horrible, and it's played off at the end of this chapter as Wanderer and Melanie are reeling from how, like, thank God Stephanie Meyer does acknowledge that, like, both of them feel awful. Yes. That, like, they are both distraught by what Jared has done, and rightly so, because what he's done is abysmal. Yeah. But Jared's reaction is like, 
oh no, I've like come to a conclusion. Like I've had character growth by being an abusive piece of shit. And I'm like, I, you're not real. And I want to murder someone. Like, it's not I'll that go he's murder had... a man in your name. Yeah, truly. Oh my God. It's not that he's had character growth. It's that he's realized that something that he cares about is still existing, period. Nothing about his core character has changed. It's just that something that he values and thinks is worthy of putting in the time and effort is still around. So I think we're about to see a huge flip in Jared's personality, if I am a abetting person. And it's not because Jared has grown. It is simply because Melanie still exists and now he knows about it. Like, Jared's true colors are still out there. These are Jared's true colors. Yeah, it's like... I don't know. Yeah. Like, I I read a lot of advice columns because it's fun. They're so much um, fun. And there was a Dear Prudence either, like, early this week or last week that was mm-hmm. a, a guy who was like, yeah, I was on a two-week trip with my family and I have this, like, six-month-old puppy and I was going to board the puppy, but my girlfriend was like, no, 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 like, I'm going to take care of the dog, even though he was like, I protested. She took care of him. He was like, big mistake. She, like, called me a few times and was like, this is too hard, I can't do this. He was like, I offered to, like, Venmo her money to just, like, board the dog. board the dog, yeah. But she didn't do it. And then when he came back, apparently the girlfriend, like, apparently the dog had been, like, basically mistreated. And the girlfriend said at one point she had, like, kicked the dog because she was so... And he was like, what do I do, Prudy? Like, I thought I might marry her, but, like, I can't imagine she'd be a good mom if this is how she treats the dog. And Prudence was like... Yeah, no, those are her true colors. I would dump her and take the dog and run. Like, yeah, no, no, no. Like, Girl, she is exactly who she is. Yeah. Leave. Yes. Which, of course, in Dear Prudence, all of the answers are leave them or go to therapy or both. But. Yes. Like, yes. Jared has shown us his true colors. And I agree with Rebecca 100% that I think in the next you know, for the rest of the book, we're going to be seeing a lot of, like, image cleanup, for lack of a better word, for Jared, uh, yeah. by Stephanie Meyer and probably by the other characters as well. I'm upset to think that probably the character that's going to be doing most of that heavy lifting, unfortunately, is going to be Jamie. I don't know that for sure, but yeah. I have a feeling that Jamie is going to be like, he was just upset. You guys will get along for me, right? I um, mean, him and Melanie. Yeah. Because you know that now that Jared realizes that she's there, Melanie's going to come back full force and, like, be a character again. Yeah. And it's... <sighs> it's wild. And then there's this whole the body as a third entity thing, which is very weird. The quote is, the body revolted. I was no longer in control of it. It was in control of me. It was not Melanie. The body was stronger than either of us now. As we've mentioned many times in this podcast, mind-body dualism is fake. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's... It's all you. I think Stephanie Meyer is just too religious to realize what being horny feels like. Yes. It, like, because I've never been that out of control of my body. No. And I mean, like, there's also, like, I have certainly been there where it's like, ooh, like, I could keep doing this and I think I would have fun even though, like, part of me knows that, like, it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. But I don't know that I've ever been in a situation where... I was like, well, I have no control over what my body's doing. It's like, I still had a choice. Like, certainly there were conflicting opinions within myself of like, this is fun, but ultimately a bad idea. And not just with horniness, like with a lot of different kinds of things. Although with horniness, it also applies. Yeah. Like, 
But that doesn't mean that, like, you no longer have control of your body. You're an adult woman. Like, yes. Yes. You can make the decision to do something hard. And anyway. <sighs> so that was weird. And then Melanie punches him. Good for her. Good for her. I, I hate why she does it. Yes. Because she's jealous that he kissed Wanderer. Girl, how is he going to kiss you? Right? Girlfriend. Girly. Like, I just, get your head in the game. <laughs> Obviously, Wanderer was not happy about this. Like, she's very upset. Yeah, she's distraught. And uh, Melanie is mad at Wanderer. She's also mad at Jared, which is good. But like, yes. Uh, yes. So fucked up. It is so incredibly messed up. Uh, it's one of those things that makes me wish that we truly had, like, Melanie's point of view in parts of these chapters. Yeah. Because I think that would be cleaner in a lot of ways in terms of both storytelling and in writing. Mm-hmm. But that's not the book that we have, so. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. And so the chapter ends with Wanderer climbing back into her Wanderer hole. Yes. And, uh... Being very sad. Being very sad. Understandably so. Yeah. No fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Girl has just had a truly terrible time. I don't have any other notes. No, I also... My only other note, circling back to the um, insidious psychological nature of Jared's little experiment, um, is that it's very high school bullying. Yes. And I, I just want to put that out there. There are other ways to go about doing this that aren't so incredibly juvenile. I don't oh, cool. think Jared is capable of that because it's Jared, but to yeah. keep throwing rocks at him because he deserves it. Yeah. It is incredibly, incredibly juvenile. That's, yeah, that's the only, those are my, that's my last note. Well, sorry, this one's been a downer. If you <laughs> want to reach us, website, trashlight.simplecast.fm, email, trashlight.gmail.com. This is the wrong order. <laughs> Socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at trashlight, uh, our Zoom meeting's about to run out. Uh, uh, Tumblr. Yes. Trashlight-podcast.tumblr.com. And on that note, bye. Bye.